And welcome to another edition of Six Man Dynasty Podcast. It's Sunday, November 13th, and the NBA season is here. Uh, we're about three weeks into the season. Uh, as usual, joined with uh, Pratik and Palmer here. What up, world? Hey, guys. So, uh, a lot of stuff has been happening in the NBA. Uh, some expected. Warriors look good. Started a bit slow. Cavs look amazing. They're going to be awesome this the year. champs. We talked about the Hornets. They had uh, the fifth best net rating in the their starting lineup in the NBA. And the Clippers uh, are Clippers off for really good. Clippers yeah. look like they may be able to contend with the Warriors. Uh, we talked about the young Lakers are doing awesome. Thunder with pissed off for us. Uh, a lot of things that are exciting, but uh, I think we were going to discuss some surprises and disappointments. So uh, we'll try and get through two or three each. So Pratik, why don't you start us off with your first surprise of the NBA season so far? Uh, I will I'll be discussing the red-hot uh, DeMar DeRozan, Oof. who has turned into a mixture of Michael Jordan and Kobe Bryant. It makes... The better version of both of them. <laughs> exactly. Uh, he's the number 20 over player overall in nine cat leagues uh, per uh, ESPN's player rater, shooting a ridiculous 53.8% on pull-up jumpers and leads the league with 14.1 points per game on pull-ups, which all screams regression. Just for context, CP3 is next at 46.3%, and he's a historic shooter. But let's not also discount the fact that this is a player who's consistently improved throughout most of his career. Um, I I don't think any of us here is expecting a top 20 finish, but would you guys rule out top 30, even after the shooting regresses? I don't think I can rule it out at this point. Um, the the pure volume he's seeing in Toronto this year, uh, I know Lowry's usage rate is down, and I don't know if it's really going to reverse back to the the norm that was last year where they're kind of splitting um, the usage between Lowry and DeRozan there. It seems like DeRozan is the clear uh, the clear front man. Um, Lowry's a little, <clears throat> little less in the spotlight, so... Um, well, my first reaction is he, he's certainly going to regress some. And he's averaging 34 points a game this, this year. Last year, he was at 23.5, so 10-point increase. But um, to think he's going to come all the way back down to where he was last year, I mean, that's a clear improvement. In fact, his three-point percentage is even down this year, and he's still scoring 10 more points a game. Yeah. So uh, just, just by pure volume's sake, I don't think he can roll out top 30, maybe not, but... Uh, He's, he's looking at top 40 for sure. Yeah, I mean, well, he was uh, 37 last year on totals, 49 per game. So we're easily looking at an improvement. His And something I've noticed, the last few games, it hasn't just been points. Uh, last uh, three games and assists, four, three, and six. And his steals numbers are career high also. I think you hit the nail on the head with that one. His steals are... Now he's a plus player in steals. I mean, we, we know he's going to get you points. And if he can keep shooting like this... He will he be can't, top 20. He can't keep shooting like sure, this. Sure, but we're, I mean, if we expect him to be an improvement over that 37th last year, everybody who drafted him this year is ecstatic. Exactly. And <clears throat> it's, it's also been fun to watch. The highlights are insane. He's taking, you know, it's that old school mentality of like back down, post up, fade away, and, but the shots just go right in. It's not like, you know, he's ramming them in or whatever. He just looks like an elite shooter and just didn't see that coming. Yeah, it's really interesting, you know, with the way the NBA is 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 trending, where DeRozan's style of play isn't really in vogue. That's not what uh, GMs and coaches are really looking for. But then, uh, you know, there's a certain level 
where you're good enough, where you just transcend um, all trends and say, you know, this is my game and I'm sticking to it, and he's he's killing it. So um, they're seven and two too, so they have yeah. no reason to change off of this either. In terms of dynasty rankings, how far would you guys move him up in your next update? I think we had him around mid forties last time. You think he moves up significantly, a little bit? A little bit. He is only 27, so this is the prime of his career. Um, if he's a top 40 player the next two, three seasons, I think right where we have him is fine. Because the, that's why we put him there, is he'd established that that's his floor, and it gives him the opportunity to move up. But they're probably, most of the players ahead of him on the list have higher Unreal upside. upside. Yeah. Right. All right, well, uh, <clears throat> Palmer, why don't you go ahead and give me your first surprise? So my first surprise um, is a guy I picked up in our Dynasty League. We do a free agent draft for uh, all the players that are available before the season starts um, that aren't rookies. Or we do the rookie draft first, and then we do the free agent draft. I picked this guy, I think, eighth. I was uh, ecstatic that he fell to me. It's Tyler Johnson for the Heat. Um, He's had a tremendous start to the year. The Heat are trusting him a lot more to really run the second unit. Um, he's kind of locked into the six-man role there. We know that for sure now that Richardson has come back, um, that Tyler Johnson is going to be that combo guard off the bench. Uh, his usage rate is up from last year. It was 16.8. Now it's up to 18.3. So that kind of validates why I was saying they're trusting him more at the ball. Um, he's shooting more, I think two more field goal attempts per game on a per 36 basis, and he's making more threes. He's shooting and making more threes. Um, Three-point percentage is up from 38% to 44%. he has been consistently improving there. Um, this is third year, and, and uh, really the numbers have been trending up. And what's really unique about Tyler Johnson and wh- why he may be going a little under the radar is because he's a point guard, shooting guard, but he's shooting 47.5%. And that's not a fluke, because last year he was shooting 48%. So um, there's a lot of hidden value there, and there's only so many guards out there that are shooting even remotely close to 50%, and he's one of them. And not only is he shooting 50%, he's turning the ball over less than one time a game. So that's... Uh, even if the, the counting numbers don't jump out at you, like maybe another player would, like... His rate stats are useful. Right. So I'm just thinking, you know, you see a player like Tim Frazier, and his, his counting stats look so good, but the underlying, you know, is his, uh, uh, his efficiency kind of kind of hurts you. While Tyler Johnson is the complete opposite, uh, he's efficient kind of on all aspects of the game, and re- really good all-around player. So I think in our rankings we had him around one one fifty before the season started. He's looking like a top hundred guy to me. So whenever we update our rankings, which I think we're gonna try to publish this week, uh, I think I'll have him probably around one hundred, probably in the ninety to one hundred range. Yeah, I think that's fair. I mean, how happy do you think the Heat... I mean, they must feel extremely smart for matching that contract. Yeah, yeah. I mean, everyone thought they were dumb. Yeah. Uh, I, I actually wrote a piece... Or, not wrote a piece. I read a piece. I'd love to take credit for it. It was a good piece. <laughs> and it was talking about Tyler Johnson when he got that offer from the Nets. And he started, like, ordering all this Nets gear, like, for his family. Because, like, Chris Bosh was texting him, like, Hey, man, get that money. Like, have, have a good time in Brooklyn or whatever. And... Uh, like, he thought he was gone, and then, you know, they matched, and it looks like it's going to work out great for for everybody. Well, obviously for him, he's getting paid regardless. But Yeah, and I think the last two years of his contract are, like, 20 mil. Like, it's one of they, those it's poison, poison pill. pill yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, another interesting thing to keep in mind is 
you know, the Heat's future is a little murky right now because they have a lot of these young guys. They have Whiteside. Uh, and then they have Goran Dragic, who is 30 and is in the middle of a big deal um, and will be for some time now. There were rumors that if the Heat are put in a position where it doesn't look like they're going to make the playoffs, this is one of the few years over the next couple that they have their own draft pick. And the Heat haven't been ashamed of tanking before. They semi-tanked for justice a couple years ago. Uh, they have no issues doing it. So if Dragic gets traded, uh, which is possible, like with the new cap, his contract isn't ludicrous and... He could be a nice fit on a win-now team. Tyler Johnson is going to jump into maybe a starting point guard role. I mean, he'd be the only real point guard-type player left on their roster. So we could be even looking at a higher upside if you know the opportunity opens up for him. Do you think they have any hope for Josh Richardson being a point guard, or do you think that's out the no, window? No, I think he's a 2-3 for them. I mean, mm-hmm. I don't think they see him as a point guard. I don't know. I he just he... started his last game at point guard, I think. Right? Did he start? Drogic was out. Yeah, yeah. but still. Yeah, instead of just started, so... I, I think they do, but I really think if Dragic were to be moved, that they're really going to split point guard duties. Yeah. At worst case for Tyler Johnson, you know, best case is he he runs it and Richardson is a wing. And Winslow's been doing a lot of playmaking as well early this season, so it'll be a team role. But obviously, Tyler's minutes will go up. And like I said, they owe their pick next year to Phoenix, so this is the year they keep it, and it might be a nice opportunity for them to do so. All right, all right. Well, moving on uh, to one more surprise for me. Um, I have Jabari Parker, uh, who I just traded for from uh, our producer, Akash, who, by the way, is not in last place anymore. Hey! We'll, we'll give you those four words. That's it. <laughs> you, you use them all on uh, grunts, but... <laughs> um, so anyways, if you, I mean, if you've been paying attention to basketball this year, you've seen uh, Jabari looks like a monster. I mean, we saw even in the preseason highlights, like, he looked like he had his explosiveness back uh, from before the injury. I mean, he's getting up so high on some dunk attempts. It's crazy. He's shooting well. 35% from three already. He had a game where he hit uh, six threes? Five yeah, threes? Yeah. Right. Um, he's getting to the rim almost at will. His free throw attempts are up. Um, I think his steal percentage is career low. So that might be able to go up as well. Um, and it kind of just helped out Middleton is being out this year. They can kind of use this as a development year. And he's ran with it. I mean, he's one of the best at the rim, 65%. And... I'm very pumped to have him on my team. We're finally seeing that uh, mellow light comparison kind of come to fruition. He, he's a natural scorer. It's easy for him. Uh, the number I really like is he's shooting a career-high free throw attempts, uh, yep. 4.3 per game, which yep. means at a high clip too, 87%. So he's getting to the rim a lot. Um, the assist numbers, uh, a little disappointing so far, but Giannis handles the ball so much, mm-hmm. and now they have an actual point guard in Delhi too. So I was hoping he'd have more of a well-rounded stat line since Middleton was out, and Middleton did a lot of playmaking. Mm-hmm. But for what you're getting, um, he's basically not a minus in any category, right. which is a nice win. The, the one thing I'm like slightly nervous about, at least this isn't in terms of fantasy. In fantasy, he's going to be fine. But in terms of his real NBA value, his defense looks really, really bad. They're a unique team, though. I think they're still trying to figure out what parts fit where. Um, so they have a lot of figuring out to do. It's not like you know they're a title contender now. So they'll be happy with this level of development. This is already a win for them if he's a consistent player like this. Definitely. So we discussed this. Uh, I'm curious about both of y'all's views. Now, with what we've seen this season, do you take, in a dynasty league, do you take Jabari or Wiggins? Well, for me, I, I just want to comment on Parker. Sure. Yeah, yeah. At, the, at the beginning, uh, you mentioned that he got his athleticism back. I didn't know he ever had the athleticism that he's showing this year. 
the comparisons, even you just mentioned to Melo. I mean, Melo and Paul Pierce were the two that I, I really saw in him when I watched him in college. He's blowing by any athleticism that they ever showed in the NBA, which is interesting. I mean, I, I don't know what you what you wince at that. Uh, <laughs> Those guys were great athletes. They were athletic. They're man. athletes, he looks explosive. But yeah, the way he's yeah. he's finishing above the rim, yeah. and neither one of them ever did that. They they're a little different. So, um, but in re- regards to the question, Wiggins versus Parker, I'm not really a fa- I'm not a big fan of either one because their supporting stats uh, just aren't great. When you look at steals and blocks in particular, um, and assist, they're not offering much across the board contribution. While I think they're they're both great in you know in real life in the NBA, I think we have to temper expectations a little bit for both of them. Um, I don't see either one being inside my top forty. I think they're still around around fifty for me, both of them. If I had to pick one, I think I'd take Parker. Okay. I'd say this. I think Wiggins has the higher fantasy ceiling and I think Parker has a much higher fantasy floor. So if it depends on what you gam- want to gamble on, but especially the way Wiggins has started this season off shooting from three, if he adds that. Nothing that Wiggins has done this season has changed the better DeMar DeRozan comp for me. Um, three which, pointers. Again, better DeMar DeRozan, that's what I'm yeah. saying. So in that sense, he could, if, if De- DeMar is a top 40 player this year, we could see Wiggins do something like that one day. I wouldn't rule it out. But I don't think either of them are going to be the fantasy superstars that – uh, you would have thought, considering they went number one, number two in the draft ahead of the process, Joel Embiid. <laughs> Shout out to our producer. Um, so, what you you would keep him around forty or fifty for you as well? Yeah, right around there. I mean, I, I mean, he's so young still, so I have to give him upside right. points. So, I mean, he can still develop. He, especially, I've noticed noticed this. I mean, a lot of his success is coming as a small ball four. That's where his role is in this modern NBA. So, there's going to be a very limited set of players that are going to be able to guard him effectively because he'll yeah. be able to post yeah. up smaller players and blow by bigger ones. So I think he's going to have a long, successful uh, fantasy career. I don't see why not. I just, wanted, I just wanted to point this out because it's shocking to me. I pulled up Wiggins' stats. He's shooting 58% from threes. What, yeah. what happened? How, how is this happening? I told you he learned. And this yeah. isn't small sample size. He's a really good shooter. It's been shooter. about yeah, four shooting, months. Uh, <laughs> shoot, yeah, 3.3 attempts per game shooting 58%. There's at least some level of legitimacy. Well, in the, in the, last, the last two months last year, he shot about 40 plus yep. percent. So if he settles mm-hmm. in around 40%, that gold is stealing. The problem is defensive numbers aren't there. He's... Really struggle to find players as assist percentages. Even just the number of passes. Like, I was looking up, with the, I think NBA.com tracks how many passes players do. They're so low. It's crazy. For Wiggins, yeah. right? Yeah, he doesn't really pass the ball. Yeah. So, like I said, I think Jabari has a higher fantasy floor because I think he's more inclined to do a lot of different things. But mm-hmm. Wiggins' stealing, if he puts it all together, is higher for me. Well, what's dragging Wiggins down and will continue to is his free throw percentage is 73%. That's down from 76 Yeah, but when a player is such a good shooter, it's hard not to imagine that they'll figure that out. he'll figure out his free throw as well. I, why is it going down? It's an early sample size. It's early. Yeah. yeah. Why, don't, why don't you give uh, your second surprise? All right. Uh, he was one of my bold predictions in the offseason. Uh, I predicted him to be a top 40 player. Uh, and he's looking like he could do it. Uh, it's early still. Rod Hood at number 26 overall. Uh, he's going to be a max contract player. Uh, so I think his contract's up after next season. The Jazz have a lot of studs on their team. Hayward's back now, so I, you know, I don't think he'll obviously put up the uh, value he's put up, but he's 
developed even further. His catch and shoot percentage on three is 47.1%. So he's a lights out shooter. I think it was around 40 last year. He's a career high usage and then a career high true shooting percentage. So with this new role came more efficiency, which is hard for a lot of players to do. And the one thing that had always been missing or lagged behind was his free throw rate. He was was kind of a one-dimensional player in that he got to the rim, or sorry, uh, took shots from far away and didn't really get to the rim. And now he, you can see him being more aggressive, headed towards the rim, attacking. And if he becomes that kind of all-around player, I don't see any reason why now he's easily a lock for the top 50 for me. Yeah, I see that. Actually, I'm looking at his free throw rate. I mean, I guess it's, it's still early, but it hasn't changed much uh, from his It's a career season. high. Yeah, by two percent. But either way, uh, I mean, he's looked awesome. How much of it, how much of it do you think uh, has to do with Gordon being out? I mean, do you see him taking a yeah, step back now? We also see what George Hill is like a top twenty-five. Player. George Hill was yeah, but also George Hill was dominating the ball quite a bit also, and I think. The great part about those three players, they kind of fit together seamlessly. I mean, Hill's a great outside shooter. Hood's a great outside shooter. Hayward also is a good shooter. So all three of them are going to take turns turns handling the ball. I mean, the Jazz look like they could be a monstrous team this season, truly. So I don't see anything that screams that all of a sudden Hood's going to be completely marginalized. He's going to play 30-plus minutes a game, have an important role on this team, and he's become even more effective than he was in the past. Yeah, yeah, I, I can't disagree with top fifty, um, but I, I am just surprised this year with Hayward, you know, missing the first uh, I don't know eight eight or nine games. Right. Um, that Hood was only averaging one point nine assists per game because that's something last year that caught my attention was he was having some some games where he's getting five assists, um, and and this year it wasn't happening. It's not like George Hill's, you know, the biggest uh, dis- distributor ever or the best distributor, so. Uh, I was a little surprised that those numbers are down, but maybe it's just a matter of getting Hayward back to kind of trigger the ball movement a right, little better, right? Um, get the ball moving around. Maybe those assists. He might back. lose value in certain categories that he has now, but I think it goes up in other ones, like you just yeah. said. So, it, it it it's exciting to see uh, young players develop year to year because we forget how hard it is. I think people in dynasty leagues, you draft somebody and you start expecting them to be a stud within three or four years, but that so rarely happens. And players who show consistent progression are rarer than you think, and Hood's a great example of that. Oh, absolutely. Um, all right, moving on. Palmer, why don't you give me uh, your second one? Yeah, this one um, got a little egg on my face if you guys want to have a late breakfast. <laughs> uh, Harrison Barnes. Harrison Barnes is killing Ooh. it. I think our last, we did the bold predictions podcast last, and my prediction was Justin Anderson would finish higher than him on Player Raider. Though, uh, that's looking bolder and bolder by, by the day. Um, I could barely even come up with a word to, 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 to describe how, stupid. how bad that stupid. prediction was. Yeah. That's the word. Uh, stupid, thank you. Um, so, got to give Harrison Barnes credit where credit is due. He's been extremely efficient in, in this role for the Mavericks as, as the go-to guy. Um, they've leaned on him even more heavily with, with Dirk being hurt. Um, but I'm still going to bring him back down a little bit. He's, he's not convinced me that he's going to be a legitimate um, top 50 guy for the duration of his stay in Dallas. Currently, he's number 46 on ESPN Player Raider, but I, I really do think he's going to regress back down to into the, the 90 to 100 range. Wow, where, that's where a big drop-off. Yeah, well, I mean, it's early still. So. What do you think is going to fall off? Uh, his field goal percentage, mainly. Uh, I have some shooting numbers, so he's shooting 59% from 16 feet and beyond. 
which is entirely unsustainable. That's fair. Um, yeah, it, it's ridiculous. The rest of his numbers are really on par with what he was doing with the Warriors, but he's just uh, his deep jump sh- jump shots are they're they're going in at a, an unsustainable rate. So, um, and he's shooting a lot more of his shots are are deep twos, which if you're making fifty nine percent of them, by all means, uh, go for it. But it concerns me a little bit that he's not getting as many open threes and he's not getting as many shots at the rim. Now he's taking all his shots from deep two. So once you see those shots stop falling quite as much, I think he, he's going to regress. Because like some other players that we've talked about already, he doesn't offer a lot outside of scoring. And right now it's field goal percentage, which he's always been reliable on. But I think that that's going to come down. Yeah, he's a plus-plus con. con- contributor in that stat so I, that's probably going to regress it'll be interesting to see because he hasn't really played with Dirk at all um, and obviously that's what we want to see in a way because we want to see what the Barnes era will look like once Dirk leaves but since he hasn't played with Dirk I wonder if it could have a positive impact on his numbers maybe some of these are more sustainable once Dirk gets back in the gravity that Dirk has and results in more open shots for Barnes maybe we could see him you know being involved in a playmaking role off of Dirk Potentially, he's never really shown a great knack for that. But at this point, I think the main lesson I take away from this is I'm never doubting, doubting uh, Rick Carlisle again. Ever, like, yeah. He's a wizard genius. He's one of the best coaches in the league, and he just makes players productive because he puts them in situations to just be consistently good. Yeah. Another, another thing to point out, um, he's shooting 94% from free throws this year. Oh, wow. He's okay. a career 75% shooter. So... While anyone who, who drafted him in a redraft or is holding him is certainly ecstatic, I, I think this would be a really good time to, to sell high. Yeah, I can argue In the Dynasty that. League, yeah. All right, well, uh, moving on to my second surprise. I've got uh, Mr. T.J. Warren. T.J. Buckets. T.J. Uh, Buckets. Palmer traded to me, thank God. Uh, he visits me, visits me in my nightmares. <laughs> so, I mean, uh, he, he kind of started doing this at the beginning of last year before he got hurt. Uh, I mean, everybody knew he was a elite scorer um, from NC State. That's right. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, he's just been amazing this year. Uh, he's kind of in the same mold where we were talking about DeMar DeRozan, uh, like the old style of the game, a lot of mid-range some herky-jerky stuff down low, and it works. I mean, he gets the rim so easily. He can get that shot off without people contesting it that easily somehow. Um, But he's looked really good, and the Suns have done something really nice down there to, like, watch him and uh, Booker grow together. It's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, definitely. He's been really fun to watch. What is he ranked overall number? Top 20, I believe, near there, right? Number 29 right now. Wow. So having a great season. A couple numbers stand out to me. Career high steal rate by far. He's at mm-hmm. 1.9 steals per game, and career is 0.8. Now, that's limited sample size, but that's probably going to come down a bit. Um, those kinds of things are prone to sample size fluctuation because deflections and stuff are random. And then only 28% from the three-point line. Which, if he can get that around 32, 33, he's not a bad shooter based on form. Um, if he can get that around 32, 33, he can maybe make up for the fact that he will lose some value in threes. Because he's taking two a game, which is uh, a decent uh, amount. Yeah, um, TJ Warren, I, I, loved, I loved him coming out of college. I had him for the first few years, or uh, at least the first season. And he never, obviously he took... It's his third year, and he's, he's finally blossoming. The knack he has for scoring around the rim, is, it was really impressive. Um, I didn't know if the shot would, have, would ever come. 
Um, again, not to, to Pratik's point, his form is fine, but when I watched him in college, just everything came around the rim. Right. So, you know, the jump shot has come a long way, and being a TJ fanboy since since his college days, I'm just happy for him. You know, he's not on my team, but you know, I'm just I'm glad he's helping you out. Um, but yeah, big big surprise. I I think we all thought he you know had potential, but not not this. What is not he right now? He's top twenty. Yeah, could potentially be a top sixty guy the rest of the year. That that's he what I was gonna man. say. So that would you expect a floor of top sixty? I might be pushing it a little bit, but yeah, easily top 100. I think that's easily to expect that. Um, probably around 70, 80, somewhere around there. I mean, like you said, what what could really come down? His steals? Yeah. What else? A decent amount. I mean, yeah. yeah. But I mean, his free throws are helping you a shit ton. Maybe those come down a bit. Uh, he's shooting a career high from the free throw line as well. It's just so easy for him to score. and. Those guys are always valuable in fantasy. Yeah, but like we just criticized Barnes, if he loses value in the other categories, it does make him a little one-dimensional. Here's an interesting rank we should do. Parker, Warren, Barnes going forward. Is it close for any? I mean, look at I mean, look at what Warren's doing this year. He's well ahead of Parker on the player radar. I think are you talking about this year or in a dynasty league? In a dynasty league. Dynasty, dynasty league. I, I think, think it's I, in that order. Parker, just, Warren, Barnes. Yeah, okay. absolutely. You could argue Barnes and I mean Parker's definitely above both of them. Okay. I think you could argue maybe Barnes ahead of Warren. Although you know how I. Am. <laughs> <laughs> Warren is only twenty three. It is. It's he. I think he came out after two years, so um, he definitely has. It's not like he's much older than Parker by any means, who is twenty one. So. It's interesting because Warren's putting up the production now, and the steals numbers, if they're even relatively sustainable, he could be a better fantasy yeah. asset than Jabari Parker. Yeah. So would you put him above Parker? Not yet, but it's an interesting <laughs> discussion. It's a thought worth having. It's a thought worth having. And it's crazy that we can even say that. Exactly, yeah. I wouldn't have said that last year. All right, go ahead and give me uh, your third. Uh, MKG, uh, finally healthy and looking like he could be a very unique fantasy player. Um, he doesn't really do... He does some things that a lot of other players don't do at his position. He's not really a shooter, but the steals, the defensive numbers, which is what we've been waiting for uh, his entire career, are finally here. 1.6 career steals, 1.3 blocks. I buy the blocks way more than I do that steals number, but even if the steals uh, don't stay at 1.6, if they're closer to 1.3, then um, I'm okay with that. The blocks I buy because he's playing a lot of small ball four. And they don't have elite rim-protecting centers. I mean, Cody Zeller is good at what he does, but I think he'll have a lot of defensive responsibility in these schemes, and I can see that sticking around. If he's a one-in-one player with close to uh, eight rebounds a game, that's that's a huge fantasy player. He's number 85 overall right now. Yeah, I mean, he's definitely surprised. I'm not sure how much I trust those steals and blocks. I would expect both of those to come down. I mean, the steals, I even if you look at the rate statistics, his steals, he's doubled his career average. His blocks, he's like over 50% higher. But again, I mean, I know these stats are wonky on basketball reference, but they have him at only 11% of his minutes at power forward. Um, it's still early, so maybe these are a little wonked out. But uh I don't see either of those two stats staying there. But again, I mean, if he can keep it near one and one, that's valuable. And mm-hmm. rebounds from a small forward. And his shot is not uh, broken. It's not completely broken. It's, it's, not, it's not a nightmare <laughs> horror scenario. Now it just makes you a little uncomfortable watching it is the best way. He's 80% from the line this year. So if he's around 75, that's not a minus anymore. 
you know, and that's huge. That's that's he's like that. He he doesn't provide negative value in basically any category. And if he can sustain defensive numbers somewhere near this, he could be a top one twenty player. If he sustains these defensive numbers, but that's that's the big question. Exactly. I mean, I think we're looking at the same thing. It's like per thirty six rates. He's, he's like doubling his his numbers Everything. almost. So. And even the free throw percentage, like you know, players can improve, but just adding ten well, percent this early in the season this is, is a little my, hard to trust. This is my question. So we've all seen the new like MKG jump shot. Uh, is he shooting his free throws like that? Is he like turning to the side and kind of <laughs> throwing it up there? Because well, I know a couple years ago he was actually jumping on free throws because his shot was really? so messed up. Yeah, but now he's flat footed and he seems to have a nice little toss it in the basket form going. It, it's look his release is never going to be pretty, right? Yeah. But if it can be even semi competent, that makes him a useful fantasy player. Again, especially because the rebounds stand out so much yeah. in a small forward position. That's ten rebounds a game per thirty six. That's huge. Yeah, the free throws I was asking for me just because I'm a terrible free throw shooter. So I was like, you know, if MKG could do it, I feel like I could do it, but I just have to subscribe. Why are you here? Get to the gym. Let's go. I'm trying trying to figure out, you know, what these guys are doing. Where do you guys think he's in your next update? I think I I did, like, my top 150. I moved him up to 110 or 115, which may have been a bit bold. Yeah, I might have him a bit lower than that, probably around 120, 130, but he's still so young. Exactly. The work ethic is there, and if he's healthy – He's going to be thrown as many minutes again just because he is one of the better defensive yeah. players in the NBA. He's so versatile. This one through four, he can guard easily. This is where the real-life NBA value comes into play, where fantasy owners have to pay attention to. Like He may not be doing that great right now, but they're never going to take him off the court. Exactly, exactly. He's a guy, anyone... It's pretty hard to find an NBA player who gets 30 minutes a game who's not valuable in fantasy. Exactly. And, and when you know that he's going to be guaranteed that... That's worth targeting. Right. Why don't you uh, go ahead and give me your last one, uh, Palmer? Sure. Um, so my last one is Miles Turner, but since I really wanted to give a shout out to my fourth one, I wasn't able to squeeze him in, so I'm gonna just <laughs> slide that in. I texted this to you, critique a couple of days ago. It's Otto Porter. Um, oh yeah. Because he's been really surprising, and I, I'm not a huge Otto Porter fan, but I, I think his role is is very solid. Um, in Washington and in the NBA for the foreseeable future. But what was crazy to me is someone tweeted that Otto Porter is six months older than Buddy Heald. Six months older. So, uh, and it's his fourth year? Fourth year, I, I think. Year. Yeah. So just, just keep that in mind that, you know, as we get hyped on some guys like, like Buddy Heald, although he's, he's struggling immensely, uh, they're about the same age, and Otto Porter is. Already, miles ahead. yeah, mile, miles ahead. Uh, a, a lock as a top 100 player and kind of has upside for top 50. So. A lock Would you say a lock for, for top 100? 100? I mean... Is there a problem with that? <laughs> well, I guess if Beal misses the amount of games that we expect Beal to miss, whenever Beal is out... That game he had, yeah, 30, 34 and yeah. like 13 and like 4... Yeah, I agree, but yeah. there's a lot of usage that goes through... We all have him ranked in the top 100. Well, I will give you a shout-out for having him in the 60s. And I remember when we had our, our little uh, session to see if anybody did anything crazy. Me and Pratik both called you out. Like, what the hell yeah. are you doing putting Porter way up there? And I stood strong. Look at me today. <laughs> you, did. you did. Me and Otto. You need to get on the bus. Because that's a Simpsons reference. Well, Otto, it, and it's, it's funny we're talking about him, you know. Uh, we've ended up talking about all these like different kinds of small forwards. 
but they are all very similar. Like Warren, the same way. Otto's the same way. He kind of scores in this weird middle ground, uh, takes some open threes, but he kind of gets to the basket in these like, unique ways. This is a nice fallaway jumper. So he's definitely a talented player. I'm not sure what his real-life defensive value is. He seems so skinny to me, but maybe he has a wiry strength that I don't appreciate. They're going to have to pay him, too, coming up. So we'll see. I don't know if I'm buying... You know, I'm buying. I'm him. buying that wiry strength as much as I can. <laughs> Are you moving him up from 63 or whatever you had him? Uh, I think I'll probably move him up a little bit. Okay. Um, he's exceeded my expectations, yeah. so he he might come in around 50, 50, 55, something like that. Yeah. And I want to say uh, we're comparing him to all the other small forward, power forward type guys. He doesn't, but he has also has goggles on, so he has that Horace Grant <laughs> factor, which is. <laughs> You know, it, it doesn't show up in the box score, but <laughs> it's something you got to appreciate. So. You know he's not going to miss games due to eye injuries. Yeah. Bump him up six months. <laughs> That's right. So, I mean, I'm looking at uh, Basketball Monster. He's shooting like a career high from every single spot on the floor. Exactly. Is this sustainable? 72% at the rim when his career average is 52%? No, it's probably not sustainable. But, I mean, he has a little room to regress before. Um, and still be valuable. Right. Exactly. So, I, I'm not too concerned about that. And then, like I said, when Beal's out, he's going to put up great numbers and oh, it's going to happen. <laughs> so, yeah, there you go. All right, then let me shoot you guys my last Whoa. one. Oh, that yeah, that was just my... That was, yeah, that, that wasn't even my real one. You guys just took it and ran with it. I just wanted to give him a quick shout-out. Uh, yeah, we can't do this podcast without mentioning uh, Miles Turner. Okay. Miles yeah. Turner... Look him horns. Yeah, I think he's the new kind of obsession for the entire fantasy basketball community. He was a popular sleeper coming into this year. Uh, but no one expected what he's doing right now. He's the number nine on the player rater. And I think what's allowed him to break out so much is he's taken over the starting center role for the Pacers. You know, Mahimi is gone. Jefferson is off the bench as the first big off the bench. So Turner really gets to play most of his minutes at the five, uh, which is huge. On a per 36-minute basis, he's averaging an additional block per game. Went from 2.3 to 3.3. And his steal rate is also up from 0.7 to 1.5. I'm not as certain those steals will uh, sustain, but the blocks make sense. He's protecting the rim. He's the rim protector now, um, so his blocks are going up. Uh, he also has a lot of room to grow, so as, as good as he's been, he can, he can be better. I think the one thing he's not doing a lot of is, is making threes. He's shooting some, but uh, he's only making 29%. And his shot is very good. Uh, his his deep twos are he has a good percentage there. He's fifty three point eight percent on catch and shoot jumpers, and that's while shooting twenty seven from three. So the shot isn't broken by any means. He's a it just has shooter. to extend it out. Yep, exactly. So I think it's only a matter of time before we see him shooting at least or making at least a three a game. I don't know if we'll see it this year, but I would think next year next year um, at the latest. So. Uh, let me pull up our rankings, see where we had him. Uh, we, I moved him up recently. Yep. I just put him at 29, uh, which yeah. is exciting. We, we all had him before the season, uh, around 40, in the, the mid-40s. mid, to mid 40s. Um, I think he's easily in the 30s. Easily. Yeah, and I'm thinking 25 maybe, yeah. but... That's not crazy. And that might be underselling him. Oh, 100%, right. yeah. Yeah. He hasn't missed a lot of games. There were still some questions about his long-term health due yeah, to like the, leg. the way he runs, apparently, is an issue. That was a red flag for a lot of teams, which it's crazy that there are people who think about that professionally. Uh, Look at how he runs. <laughs> run, Miles, run. <laughs> um, but the skill is there for him to be a fantasy stud for the next decade. Mm-hmm. And I don't see any reason that we might even be underselling him and 
uh, the mid thirties. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, all right. Now I will. Uh, no, please. Have, have the floor. Sorry, I got very excited. <laughs> this is turning into one of my favorite NBA players at the moment. That's Julius Randle, and he has looked like a stud this year. Um, I think he's still only at 28 minutes a game. It's kind of interesting what the Lakers are doing, or Coach Walton. He's not really playing any of them that much. Yeah, D'Angelo's not playing a whole lot either. Yeah, everybody's around the mid-20s. I think, I mean, everybody seems to love him as a coach. It seems to be helping all of them. I think D'Angelo's probably the only one that's slightly disappointed, but everybody else is playing great. Yeah, Nick Young is still in the NBA. Nick Young. So. Uncle Nick. Um... But yeah, I mean, Julius, what he's done, he's, he's shown he can score, he's shown he could rebound. But this year, I think the playmaking is what's looked really amazing. Uh, I mean, his assists are way up. Maybe they'll come down, but he's shown flashes of this last year. Unfortunately, not the year before. When he, he can handle the ball, so it's not hard to see him being able to pass off of that. Exactly, and I, I just love seeing him get the rebound and push the ball in transition. He is so huge. He's so quick. He has some skill with the ball as well. Shades of Blake Griffin at times. Absolutely, absolutely. And that was a comp, right? Right. So, um, and of course, if you guys saw the Tyson Chandler thing I showed you guys, uh, that was awesome getting into it with him. Got into it with Cousins the other day. I mean, they're, the whole Lakers team and Julius Randle really make me excited about what's going on in L.A. right now. Yeah, I, he looks great, no question. I have some questions about his... Ability to shoot from distance still. Um, it's been a little higher than normal. His percentage at the rim is a little higher normal than normal. But I've also read and heard that they're running a lot of lineups with him at center. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that apparently Luke Walton's been showing him clips of Draymond to try to get him to be able to do that. Because he has the body mm-hmm. to be able to at least hold up for short periods of time against you know a lot of centers in this league. So the defensive numbers are higher. That's, I think, where a lot of his value is coming from right now. He's sure. at a steal and almost a block per game. I'm not sure how sustainable those are as well. I mean, if we're going to, you know, talk down MKG's numbers, we got to... Though his aren't as much of an outlier. But, agree, we definitely need, probably need to move him up in our rankings as well because it looks like he could be a top 50 player consistently. Yeah, I think I got a little too excited. I would guess I want to get y'all's opinion. I think I put him at, like, 79 or something. Is that... A little ridiculous, or so that's a little ambitious <laughs> for nine games. It might be a little ambitious. I mean, because like I said, the, the league will adjust once people figure out that he can't shoot. Don't guard him out there. Make him make that shot, and he'll have to do that if he's going to be successful. Yeah, yeah. Well, the Draymond comparison is interesting because um, that's what people used to say about Draymond. So and then he learned to shoot, and he's a whatever top top twenty player, right? Um, and he's forward. not even that great of a shooter. That's the thing. As long as you can like get people, I mean, the, as long as they won't leave you completely wide open, yeah. that helps enough. Right. So yeah, but I I have to eat my words on Randall because I I did not think he was going to be good I at think, all. I um, think we talked about this last year a lot. Like yeah, because he, he kind of looked like a you know a Zebo type, but you know he he was a rookie, so it didn't really he didn't really know what he was doing out there. And he's a little undersized too. He doesn't have. I think he's six eight. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, and I, I did not see him being able to, to dribble in the NBA and facilitate the way that he is. It's it's, it's really impressive. So as, as much credit as I'll give him, you got to give uh, Walton Walton credit as well. Yeah, I think we I think the main thing is we can throw out last year and just say Byron Scott, please don't come back to the NBA Ever and again. ruin our fantasy seasons and our fantasy perspectives. And I think we can all be happy with that. Yeah. Wasn't he coach of the year? 
with the Nets. Yeah. yeah, with yeah. the Nets. Or maybe it should have been Jason Kidd should have been MVP. <laughs> that that was the better argument. It's yeah. It's it's just funny how the NBA changes like over a couple decades where a guy that was coach of the year. Once. I think he was just wasn't willing to adapt. I mean, Popovich yeah. has been dominant for a decade because he adjusted completely everything he did to the way the NBA was changing and. Scott was out here yelling at these rookies for making mistakes and calling out Russell in the media for no reason. Yeah, you also got to understand a little bit. It must have been difficult for him with Kobe's last year, but still, he right. he completely shit the bed. Yeah. Um, but anyways, let's uh, let's all try and get one disappointment and uh, see who's you know really disappointed this year. Uh, Pratik, why don't you start? All right. Well, uh, it, I'm sad to say this because he was a hell of a player to watch in his prime. But Wes Matthews is just not rebounding from his Achilles injury. Um, it, it His shooting has been horrendous. He's at 28% overall from the field and 24% from three while shooting a career-high attempts in threes. Another thing I've noticed is the last two years, he's only taking 10% of his shots at the rim, which tells me that he's struggling to get by defenders and get to the rim consistently. <clears throat> And if he's just a one-dimensional player that they can stick out in three, they're going to be contested shots. They're going to be tough shots. He's not. He's just not going to be the same player he was before. And it's sad to say that. I think it's time to start. If you can still sell Wes to somebody, I would because it's not an asset I want to be holding. Try to sell him as a top hundred guy, as something like that. Yeah, no, and just I mean, look, he's he's making a three a game, and he's having one point five steals a game. He's making two threes a game just because he's taking such an insane volume. You can sell somebody on, hey, this is two threes and 1.6 deals. Not a lot of players are doing this in the league. That 1.6 deals is a career high by far as well. 1.1 is career average. So this all is just littered with red flags that say to me, you know, it's time to move on. And again, it's sad to say because he's a hell of a player to watch in Portland. Yeah, I mean, we always knew him as kind of a... Uh, I want to say he kind of... S- Set the tone a little bit for what a three and D guy should be like. Exactly. And he's 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 fallen off. So right. yeah, shooting twenty nine percent this year is that's hard to even hard to even read. As and someone just looking at the numbers. And then when you're getting so few of your shots at the rim, when you're not getting easy shots to finish there, your percentages are gonna be bad because yeah. you're just taking tougher and tougher shots shots the farther you are away from the basket. I'll I'll miss him <laughs> ding people up, but he gave Harden so many issues back in the day. He mm-hmm. is just a bulldog on defense, and now uh, yeah, it's it's sad. But um, Palmer, why don't you give me your next disappointment? Okay, um, so I had two since we only uh, have to pick one. Uh, I think I'm going to go with in- Ines Kanter, um, the swirling Turkish dervish. Uh, <laughs> That's like a famous nickname. I've, heard, I've definitely heard that. Before. Yeah, yeah, it's real. It's real. No, no, it's it's factual. This isn't ethnicity. Come on, guys. Not not in, in these times. We can't we can't be like this. We have to come together. Uh, <laughs> these trying times. Um, the disappointment for Canner is pretty simple because his per thirty six minutes are basically exactly on par with what he did last year. I I look I looked over him. Almost nothing has changed. But his minutes are down from 21 minutes per game last year to 18.4 this year. It's so odd. I thought they'd feature him so much more as like... And there's still time. I mean, let's not forget we're nine games into the season. Right. But I thought they'd feature him so much as the anchor of a second unit. 
Um, I've read Zach Lowe's talked about it that when he does get the ball, teams are just doubling and he's, he's struggling to pass. He's a terrible, he's not a good passer. Exactly. So they're maybe they're reluctant to do so. And I thought we'd see a lot more of the Adams Cantor lineup that we saw in the playoffs, and we haven't really seen a lot of that. And I'm surprised to see uh, see that that hasn't happened. Yeah, yet. I mean they've trusted Sabonis from day one, and he's looked good. Yeah, he's, he's making his awesome. shots now, so I have to give him credit. But I mean, I was huge on Cantor. Uh, this preseason, he finished last season number sixty-one total um, on Basketball Monster, and this year so far he's at one twenty-four. So I mean, you see a guy at sixty-one in twenty-one minutes per game, you know, you start to think of what's what's the what? potential here. It's a, the same thing we do with Jokic, which we, you know, the whole fantasy community may have made a mistake there, mm-hmm. um, but now it's uh, Kenner's not even getting the same playing time as last year, so. Really makes me cringe because I, I bought in on him on in a couple leagues. I think it's still early for OKC as well. I think they're still figuring out how to get all their parts to work together. Um, they haven't really staggered Oladipo and Westbrook's minutes a lot either. So I think Donovan. Let's be patient with Cantor. If I own him, I think I'm not moving him for sure. But this is a nice buy low opportunity because, mm-hmm. like I said, I think there's there's no way they invested this much money in this guy and he's only going to play 18 minutes a game. They're just trying to figure it out. I agree. Well, speaking of uh, Oladipo being staggered with, or you're saying he should be staggered with Russ, uh, I mean, Oladipo is my disappointment for the fantasy year. Um, I'm very worried about him. Uh, quick, quickly, want to point out, I made a bet with Palmer. Yeah. Uh, I think it was over under 21 as a fantasy rank, and I think he's close. Yeah, I'm, I'm very worried about my $20 that I invested on that. No, I'm not worried because I know I'm going to lose it. I'm just worried about what stupid thing you're going to spend it on. So. Can't wait. Uh, but anyways, I mean, he's ranked 180 this season so far, and it doesn't look like he really fits on this OKC team. I mean, it must be hard for everyone seeing as Russ is dominating the ball. He's a hard down. player to fit with. Definitely. So, uh, I mean, it, they've turned him into a spot-up shooter. You pointed out he's shooting 40, 40%, which is a career high. Um, but that's not his game. I mean, he needs to attack. He needs the ball in his hands as well. His assists are way down, and that's where it comes into the staggering. They need to get his confidence up. Let him be the NBA player that he is. I mean, his defensive stats are down. Everything's, everything is down. And uh, we talked about his contract earlier. It's, it's a lot less than what people probably expected. But I think you made a good point last year. Like, he's never really shown anything. It's always just flash here, flash there, but we're waiting for something. and Something consistent. Maybe it's not going to come. Maybe it will. But so far, this is very disappointing. Agreed. I think I would say the same thing we said about Kanan also applies here. I think patience is due. It's going to take time for them to figure out because... Here's the thing. Westbrook is a hard player to play with because even Kevin Durant struggled to play with Russell Westbrook at times. And we're talking about one of the greatest scorers in NBA history. So a player like Oladipo, what's missing this year is that all-around value. That And part of that was because he had the ball in his hands a lot. I think they'll figure that out. I'm, I'm optimistic because Donovan has shown enough to me as a coach. I don't think he's an elite coach by any means. But he seems like he's flexible. He's adjusted. He came out with that Cantor-Adams lineup. And that was a huge adjustment in that playoff series. So for him, I think... There's no reason why he won't eventually figure out a role for Oladipo consistently with the second unit, in my opinion. Do you think he'll finish in the top 40 in fantasy this year? Top 50, even? It's, I mean, he's got a chance, but if you had to bet on it, would you say that? I wouldn't right now, no. I wouldn't yeah. feel confident yeah. in that. I, I, I could see top 70 
easily. I, but top 50, that 20 spots Stuff. from there to there is hard because, I mean, Westbrook is at a historic level of just dominating the ball. Can, yeah. You know, so we'll see. I mean, if they start playing him off the bench when Russ is out the game, I think that's his only hope in terms of fantasy. Yeah. I still like... I, I still like Oladipo a lot for the long-term future, but... In terms of a dynasty. Yeah, th- this season does not look great. I mean, there's still a likelihood Well, what, that what's going to change? Now they're there together for the next three years. No, that's not true, right? Westbrook signed, Westbrook signed one-year extension. One year, so next two years at least, including this one. He can get shipped next year. Westbrook? Yeah. They can trade him if OKC's not working out. That's, Although they look good they so look far. Good, right. I yeah. think they're so, a playoff team. I think so. unless Russ says, like, I'm leaving 100%, they would probably never trade him, right? Right, exactly. I think they'd need sure. to know. So, I'm, I'm, again, like, in, in Dynasty, we're looking at a two, three-year window, you know, ideally. Well, five. I mean, he's already 24. If we're talking a five-year window, well, you're waiting until he's 29 to be good. So, it's just... Again, this is disappointing and it's concerning. I think it's yeah. a major red flag. It, it, it's very concerning. My, my real point was that, and Samir, you made it. All his numbers are down. Yeah. I'm, I'm just going to go through a few. He had 0.8 blocks last year. He's down to 0.2. 1.6 steals down to 0.7. 3.9 assists down to 1.6. I don't well, know. What, I think I that that's, that's the insane. only one that might be real. I mean, the assists just being down just because of Russ. But the steals yeah. and blocks, it's weird. Just where did they go? <laughs> yeah. So. I think you had him the highest in our fantasy rankings. You had him in the high teens, I believe. 19 or 20? Uh, I think he's 20. Yeah. 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 Wait, yeah. Do you move him down after the first few weeks yeah. of the season? Or? Yeah, I'm probably going to move him closer to 30 than... Um, that seems more reasonable. Right. Right. Because, I mean, I, I had him at 18 before the season, and there was certainly a leap of faith uh, in that leap. I didn't land on anything, so... <laughs> I've got to got to got to pull it back a little bit. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, I think that was a good discussion. Uh, we can hop back on in a couple of weeks and see if we're overreacting to some of these, or maybe this is the sell, 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 <laughs> buy, buy, buy. <laughs> I'm just glad. I'm just glad the NBA is back. Yeah. Oh man. This is the My, best time of year. It's been the season's been uh, going on for three weeks now. My girlfriend's already very upset with me for how much basketball I'm watching. Yeah. I've already gotten like two fights at least. Like I came over That's here to, I ever, came over here to see you and you're just staring at the Rockets. They're oh, winning. They're winning. Yeah. Yeah. Rockets, I, I've, I've tried that argument. It doesn't matter. It doesn't. Yeah, but anyways, uh, so we can wrap this up. Uh, as you guys know, hit us up on sixmandynasty.com and uh, check us out. We'll have our rankings up soon, hopefully. Um, some new pieces. Some new pieces. I think Palmer's going to update his uh, rookie, rookie watch. article, rookie yeah. watch article. And Pratik's going to be rolling out probably within the next month uh, or so, uh, essentially draft stock on college basketball players. Hopefully yeah. giving us updates each month, maybe more. Um, Dynasty rankings for prospects that are coming out. Which will be very helpful. So definitely check it out, and uh, that's what's up. Thanks, guys. Cheers. Already.